podcast that you're about to hear contains sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Brutal Nation. I'm your host, the illustrious, the fabulous, feeling very, very saucy. Scott Alexander. And right across from me is the one, the only, Miss Laura Jameson. Say hi, Laura. Hi. All right. So now we're talking about, and this kind of makes me sad if somebody's actually killing redheads, man, because I have a thing for redheads. Um, Don't we all? Yeah. Redheads are fucking <laughs> I'm very good at making redheads, by the way. But does, so good, some people can't even tell that they weren't originally But does redheads. the carpet match the drapes? I find most times that's extra, yeah. Or there is no carpet, so <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's hardwood floors. <laughs> she's, she's got either tile or hardwood floors. Yes, Fantastic. Yeah. We can just slide right in there. <laughs> oh, God, I better stop on behind. All right. It's <laughs> so, all you for the redhead murders. The redhead murders, a.k.a. the Bible Belt Strangler uh, and Jerry Leon Johns. The Redhead Murders is a collective name for a series of murders that occurred between October of 1978 uh, and 1992 across Tennessee, Arkansas, Kentucky, Mississippi, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. Oh, damn it. He should have stayed out of the South. He could have just done all <laughs> that up north with the Yankees, man. The victims all had reddish hair, and many were doing my favorite thing, hitchhiking. What years was this? This was in the 70s? This was from 78 all the way to 92. Jesus Christ, man. Quite, quite a spree. So I'll go through the victims here. The first victim, on February 13th, 1983, the naked body of a white female was found near Littleton in Wetzel County, where they make pretzels, because that's all I'll ever think of. the same thing. Wetzel's pretzels. <laughs> yes, West Virginia along Route 250. An elderly couple who were driving when they saw were driving when they saw what they thought was a mannequin, as the area was known for illegal dumping. Uh, but they had stopped anyway to make sure. It had snowed for three days. And sometimes uh, mannequins hitchhike. But <laughs> no, there was no snow on the body. Oh. Yeah, clearly it hadn't been there long. Tire tracks and footprints also supported the, the uh, supposition she had been killed elsewhere and then dumped. The autopsy concluded that Jane Doe was dead for about two days, was not raped, but her cause of death was undetermined. She did have auburn hair and was estimated to be between 35 and 45 years old. That is a waste of a perfectly good redhead. That makes me sad. (laughs) That sends me to my fucking core right there. She was around 5'6 and weighed approximately 135 pounds. With an estimated age between 35 and 45, this victim appeared to have been older than the median for the other women grouped as victims of this serial killer. Uh, She had two scars, one scar consistent with a cesarean, and another was on an index finger. Daddy, when's mommy coming home? She's not. She's not, yeah. (laughs) That's fucked up, man. I'm going to feel really bad if the child from this woman... Here's Horrible. this. Yeah. Goes, what an asshole. That was my mommy. And then I feel like a dick. Please write an email. <laughs> Please Scott, let us know. <laughs> Dear Scott, you're a fucking piece of shit making fun of my mom and everything like that. That was a horrible joke. You're a bad man. Well, yeah, a little bit. 
She may have had brown eyes, but post-mortem changes could have affected the eye color. Her legs and armpits were shaved, which is common in the U.S., although not, not for France. me. <laughs> not for me. See, I'm all for smooth armpits, man. That's me. I have not shaved my armpits in over a decade because I get the most god-awful rash. So it's, it's not even worth it. Waxing them work? I've done that. It's just, it doesn't, that skin is, it's so sensitive. Well, well, here's why why I ask, because you guys know that I get my junk waxed. My, yeah. My below the waist. Yep. And I, I noticed, like, when I was shaving that area, or even just trimming it up, I would get, you know, ingrown hairs and things oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. With the waxing, though, I don't have that fucking problem. I get worse ingrown hairs with waxing. Really? Yeah. Oh, fucking weird, man. Um, and I, you know, like, I have to use, like super particular about deodorant because I have the most sensitive skin ever, so. I am just, I'm sensitive. sensitive. (laughs) Kind of like that's pretty hot to have a sensitive co-host. Just saying. you're just going to have to learn to love my hairy armpits, so. (laughs) It's just how it is. It's alright. I love you if you're a hairy beast. Uh, So, yeah, she shaved, uh, which indicated hygiene and grooming habits not characteristic of a transient or a hitchhiker. Although... Or a fucking hippie. That's that's what I'm going to put with hitchhiker. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I say that because, like, okay, yeah. so I had to take a Greyhound bus. This was several years ago from Portland back down to L.A. Yeah. So I couldn't get a flight. I didn't get down. And there was a hippie chick sitting in the seat in front of me. And I don't know what it is about hippie chicks, but they smell gnarly. And she had, she had like an afro growing out from underneath her armpits. Is what yeah. she did. It was brutal. Like nothing, like legs, nothing was shaved. I'm all, huh, fucking hippie, man. Like, you know, <laughs> if you can't afford a razor, I'll fucking give you a razor there, sweetheart. Shave some shit up. Fuck. That is a personal, what's the word I'm looking for? She seemed to have not the best of hygiene. Yeah, all around. Yeah. Yeah. She was problem. Uh, That's just a personal problem. I'm gonna go with that. She <laughs> was like a dreadlocked gorilla, is what she was. I've had dreadlocks twice too. <laughs> and mine never were nasty and they never smelled nasty. You know, and I found that out. Like uh, when I stay on the coast in Coos Bay, the hotel I stay in, there's uh the the guy who normally checks me and he's been there for a couple months now. Yeah. Um He's got dreads. Yeah. And he, he, he's a black feller. And his look awesome. Yeah. Like, and they're, they're not all gnarly or nasty or anything like that. And one time I came in, Corey had them all in like a twist. Like, what the fuck do you do that for? I guess, well, because if not, this is how we, you know, you know, having the hair that we do, that we can have dreads without them looking all nasty. Yeah. I said, oh, fuck. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. cool. Yeah. I just find with and I hate to say this, but it's true with a lot of white people who have them don't take care of them very well. That is true. And they smell um, gnarly. They smell because of the products that they use in them to make them start dreading if they don't have super curly hair to begin with. And that just starts, you know, and not drying them properly, which causes mold to grow in the center of them. So so fucking gross. I would just like you to know that mine were never like that. (laughs) 
That's good because I'm, I'm I'm huge on hygiene. I am I'm all about hygiene. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I'm very big on hygiene, man, because my nose is sensitive to bad smells. Yeah. That smell it sends that And especially when it's like you know on my own head. If it smelled bad, I would have to smell it all the time. Oh yeah, gross. Yeah, gross. Yeah. Much foulness. So. Okay, continue anyway. on with the saddest <laughs> murders of ever. People <laughs> wasting redheads. So she had also uh, been fitted for dentures within eight weeks of her death. Oh, brutal. Yeah. Witnesses described seeing a middle-aged white male, about five foot ten, weighing fucking white guys, man, one hundred and eighty-five to two hundred pounds, uh, near the area where the body was found. The last sighting of Jane Doe alive may have been at a bar in Wheeling, West Virginia. West Virginia authorities are skeptical that his case is related to those of the redheaded murders, though. Um, although her age is older. Than the median victim of the killer, her case does share similar characteristics, and her killer has not been caught. Victim number two. On September 16, 1984, the body of Lisa Nichols Jarvis uh, was found near West Memphis, Arkansas, by a hitchhiker. It's always <laughs> some kind of a fucking hiker. Always. Uh, she was wearing only a sweater. Lisa was identified nine months after she was strangled through fingerprints. Investigators discovered that she was a resident of West Virginia and attempted to contact her family. This proved unsuccessful for some time. Her positive identification came not through family members, but by a couple from Florida who had allowed her to stay with them. Lisa had been living with a man by the name of Thomas Gatewood, uh, was a sex worker who went by the name of Baby Doll, and was estranged from her family due to her drug addiction. She was last seen around midnight on September 12th at the Shell Lake truck stop. She's a lot lizard. Off Interstate 40. A commercial company? <laughs> in Shearerville, Arkansas. <laughs> I don't want to pay extra for what you got, I honey. No, for all that you might have. They're on the bonus plan, man. <laughs> little something to remember me about. <laughs> Genital uh, warts. Yeah. No, thank you. No. You can keep that. Um, uh, victim number three. On January 1st, 1985, the body of a woman was found down the embankment off Interstate 75. She had been strangled roughly 72 hours prior. The woman was white, had shoulder-length curly red hair, green eyes, and was between 5'1 and 5'4" around 110 pounds and appeared to be between 17 and 25 years old. She had multiple scars, including burn marks on her arms. She was wearing a beige velour top, uh, a shirt, and men's Levi jeans. She was barefoot and had been wrapped in a blanket and duct taped. Duct tape fixes everything, man. Right? Everything. Forensics found semen on the blanket. The method of her death remains undisclosed. The young woman would remain unidentified until September 6th of 2018 when, through DNA fingerprint technology, investigators learned she was Tina Marie McKenney Farmer of Indiana. She was last seen in Indianapolis, Indiana, with a trucker who was headed to Kentucky. Her family did report her missing, but authorities in Indiana did not enter her into the national databases. 
Unlike many states, Indiana did not have a law at the time requiring law enforcement to enter unidentified victims into the database. This shouldn't even have to be a law. Yeah, it should be common sense, but think about it, man. Common sense isn't so common. It's in short supply. (laughs) Very, very short supply. So number four, on February 24th, a young woman was found off Route 78 in DeSoto County, Mississippi. She was wearing a coral-colored pullover and jeans. Her shoes were missing and possibly kept by the killer as a trophy. She was between 31 and 40 years old, had strawberry blonde hair, and had uh, tattooed on her ankle the letters THC and R-E-J or R-E-T. An an autopsy revealed she was a smoker and uh, habitually bit her nails. On March 31st, a couple pulled off the highway because their radiator was overheating. As they searched the woods for water, they encountered a skull. Only a few strands of red hair remained, and this Jane Doe was later estimated to have died two to five months prior. She's never been identified, and the cause of death could not be determined. Her case may be uh, part of the Redhead murders, because she was found along the side of Interstate 24 between mile markers 29 and 30. Near her remains were a light pink shirt with pink flowers, a pink sweater with blue spots, a black bra, and a hat with palm trees. She was white. (laughs) She was white, between uh, five foot five and five foot two inches tall, and believed to be between thirty and uh, thirty-one and forty years old. Her weight could not be determined. Her teeth showed some evidence of crowding and overlapping in her mouth. But she needs a little bit of dental work. Yeah. So number six. The next day, April 1st, the body of a woman was found inside a white 1950s Admiral refrigerator along Route 25 in Gray, Kentucky. Cause of death was suffocation, and she had been dead for a few days. She was, only, uh, she was wearing only two distinctive necklace pendants, one of a, a heart and the other was uh, a gold eagle and a mismatched pair of socks. One sock was white and the other was white with green and yellow stripes. And I don't judge. I don't judge. Wear what socks you want. Mismatched sock day. Uh, I have those. That's what you do when you only have one sock left from a pair and you just put them randomly together. Sometimes I'm putting my shit together and I'm not even paying attention. (laughs) These socks aren't even remotely close. Fucking I'm wearing them. Eh. Yeah. Um, The refrigerator had a sticker which read Superwoman on the front. Jane Doe had a number of moles on the right side of her neck, near one ankle, and below each breast. Holy moly. She was... Yeah. One upper incisor was stained yellow, and she had scars on her abdomen consistent with a a C-section. She had light brown eyes, long red hair, was between 25 and 35 years old, and less than 4 foot 10 inches tall, so she was officially a, a little person. That is perfect, man. Wade, <laughs> you, you don't have to pay for that second ticket on an airplane if you go on vacation. You put her in the overhead. That's, that's why I used to tell my midget ex-wife. That was ex-wife number Compact. three. Yeah. Just, yeah. I, 
Yeah. I, yeah. I, I always used to tell her, man, hey, I'm just going to put you in a duffel bag and put you in the overhead, man. <laughs> then she called me an asshole. I don't know well, why. Yeah. Well. Fucking mystery. <laughs> she weighed around 100 pounds. Uh, witnesses report. Witness reports state that she was last seen at a truck stop in Corbin, Kentucky, trying to get a ride to North Carolina over a CB radio. Common method for truckers to communicate with each other. Breaker, breaker on the one nine. I need a ride up to Kentucky. Yes. <laughs> Come on, back to the red-headed wanderer. <laughs> 500 people attended the funeral for Jane Doe, and since it was televised, many more viewed it from home. This was quite the local sensation, as this was uh, out of the ordinary. The case was publicized in January of 2013, but it's unknown if any solid leads resulted from the tips police received. On October 1st, 2018, Knox County Sheriff's Office announced Jane Doe had been positively identified as Epsi Regina Black Pilgrim from North Carolina. There are so many inappropriate jokes. Yes. I can make with that name. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to. Just go ahead. I'm just, just going to stop it right there. A, po- a positive DNA match was made between her and her daughter, Epsi. Uh, Epsi had disappeared when she was just six weeks old, and she had four older children. She had five Holy kids. Shit, yeah. At least she put out. <laughs> For the last time. For the last time that she ever put out. And now she is internet famous. <laughs> mm-hmm. Number seven. On April 3rd, two days after Epsi's body was found, a passerby discovered the partial remains of a young girl about 200 yards off Big Wheel Gap Road near a strip mine. Located four miles southwest of Jellicoe, Tennessee. The girl was between 9 and 15 years old and is believed to have been dead between one and four years. See, now that part's jacked up, man. Yeah, like the adults all make fun of, but this is a child. That's, that's just fucked up. Yeah. Uh, and, and here's why, here's why. Because when when adults get murdered, that's scary enough. Right. But a child, that's a new level of fear and confusion and just wanting to be in the arms of someplace, somebody safe, like, you know, your mom, your dad, something like that. Yeah. The poor fucking kid, man. I that, agree. Yeah, that's fuckered up. Her cause of death was unable to be determined, uh, which did not rule out homicide. 32 bones, including her skull, were recovered. Fortunately, her skull was whole enough to allow to attempt facial reconstruction. A necklace and a bracelet made out of plastic buttons, a pair of size 5 boots, and scraps of clothing were found close by. Her hair and eye color are not known. Well, because she was dead for a couple of years. Yeah. Hair and, hair and eyes and scavengers. Yeah. The same. <laughs> Though her age is below that of the average victims, however, the circumstances of her death lead investigators to believe uh, she may be connected. There was a cloth with a unique knot found around her neck, which links her as a potential victim of a known killer. Tune in to next week's Wednesday podcast to find out more about that one. No, I'm excited about that. <laughs> I love when shit links together because I'm like a big kid. You know, to me, it's like little gifts. Yes. So I'm looking at going... Tell me now, tell me now, tell me now. But I know that. Oh, it's maybe Thursday. Which one? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Oh. 
Never mind, it is further in this one, so Sweet. you don't have to wait until next week. The waiting is the hardest part, man. It's all good. More recent forensic... <laughs> yes, it is a good thing you're here. More recent forensic analysis well, revealed... I want to point out that she's not sitting behind me, so I'm not terrified for my life. You're not life. worried yet. Yeah, but you <laughs> Today. know, like sitting where I'm at now, I can kind of side-eye her a little bit over here. And she just picked up one of my pocket knives, so I feel really fucking safe right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're about to go on vacation with this woman. Both of you motherfuckers scared the shit out of me. I'm just saying. Both it's a healthy can. dose of fear, Scott. But Dawn scares me the most. Because <laughs> she's just so nice. Because she's so nice and she's sweet <laughs> and, and everything like that. And, you know, and not like most of my relationships where, you know, the, the, the crazy comes out in three or four months. You know, uh, it, it, we're talking eight years. Slowly. <laughs> It is. I think. I think. I think she's on the the, the long path of, of pretty soon. What's probably going to happen is we're going to be out on vacation. She's right. Today's the day that that motherfucker dies. That's it. And then you guys be featuring me. You know that Scott's body was found dismembered. We found you face down floating in the river. He was face down and ass because up. Because you're going fishing, right? You never know, man. She's going to go with all stabby. <laughs> Oh, well, at least she just guaranteed me she won't be a basic bitch and try to kill me with, like, arsenic or, yes. or insulin or anything like that. So that's good. At least that's she'll good. be creative. Talking to the mic. Now time for John. So uh, what she's really probably going to do is she's got Oh, that's good. That's good. That's that's. Now we know. I spend a lot of time. Watch out for flat tires, Scott. (laughs) I've never been more fucking terrified in your whole life. Yeah. Oh God! Please, please don't murder me during vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, I I've got a pretty good sized show in August. Oh, to, that's good. Don't want to have to, you know, try to get out of that contract. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I need to my shrink. Oh. Probably not, but at least you can Nothing hear me cry. can save you now. Both motherfuckers. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> In the woods, no one can hear you scream. Thanks, Laura. That helps out a lot. That's no not problem. At all. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> we talk about everything beforehand, you know. So, more recent forensic analysis revealed uh, she was not native to the area and may have been born in Florida or Biggest. Central Texas and lived in either the Midwest, Rocky Mountains, the Southwest, or the Pacific Coast. You know, uh, yeah, basically they ruled out her ever having lived on the East Coast, so we got that. Well, there's an easy way to tell she's from Florida. If she has anything in there, like, you know, I have four of my brother's kids. Oh, God. Um, he humps trees. I have the best, oh, the best. I found a story yesterday that I'm going to do, and it's features definitely having brother's kids. It's oh going to be good. It's awesome. It's going to be good. <laughs> I'm sick. I actually dig those kind of stories because they're just so fucked up. You're like, oh my God, I can't not <laughs> read it and look at it. Yeah. Totally. They stick with me. 
So there was another potential victim. On April 14, 1985, the nude body of a young white female was found in Greenville, Green County, Tennessee. She was killed between three and six weeks previously uh, by severe blunt force trauma and had been stabbed. Her body was in an advanced state of decomposition. Police were able to obtain her fingerprints as well as DNA and dental information. She showed signs of being six to eight weeks pregnant but had miscarried before her death. Yeah, because she was probably, yeah, scared. Yeah, more than likely, man. That's... This young woman I'm torn on that one. Yeah, was between fourteen and twenty years old, five uh, five foot four inches tall, and weighed one hundred and thirty to one hundred and forty pounds. Dental examination showed she had a slight overbite and had some fillings, which showed she had received dental care while alive. Her fingernails were painted pink. Her hair was light brown, almost blonde, with red highlights. Enough red highlights for the authorities to wonder if she could be part of the redheaded murders. In late April of 1985, investigators were hopeful they would be able to identify her through fingerprints as they were able to lift several good prints. Though this was unsuccessful in identifying her, it did rule out six possible identities. They didn't know who she was, but they also didn't know who she wasn't. (laughs) It actually makes sense. You start ruling out the the possibilities, you know. Sometimes you got to look at it and look at it. We don't know what it is. Let's figure out what it what isn't. it isn't. Yeah, and that way they would kind of you know kind of tune in, kind of tighten the net a little bit, mm-hmm. so to speak. It wasn't until November of 2018 authorities announced they finally knew who she was, Elizabeth Lamott. Elizabeth was 17 when she disappeared on April 6, 1984. In 2017, her family provided DNA to New Hampshire police. Elizabeth had been staying at a group home in Manchester when she was granted a furlough to visit her family, but never returned. Her family had asked for her DNA to be compared to the unidentified female victim of the Bear Brook murders. An unidentified girlfriend of the suspect was known by the same first name. Um, Elizabeth is one of 14 other potential victims. Possibly a victim of another killer we're going to talk about. Um, so, who done it? It's also this the thought-provoking part. <laughs> also, <laughs> it is likely most of the victims remain unidentified due to being estranged from their family and were not native to the states in which they were found. In 1985, shortly after Elizabeth Lamott was found, the states of Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Mississippi asked for help from the FBI. There were inconsistencies in the victimology and modus operandi. Some were found with clothes, but others without. Some were raped, but others were not. With the FBI's assistance, four victims in Texas and one in Ohio, nicknamed Buckskin Girl, was found in 1981, uh, were ruled out as victims of the redheaded murders. Someone else killed them. <laughs> I would think that there's... This really, to me, sounds like it's several murderers with similar tastes in women. Because yeah. just from what I've noticed since we've been doing this show alone, much less psychology classes, 
is that when it comes to serial killers, you have specific rituals that go on. So if you're raping, you're going to keep raping Mm -hmm. and killing unless something interrupts you uh, while you're doing it. Um, And if you're just killing, then you're not going to rape. Right. If we're talking people that are raped and murdered over that large of an area, I would venture to say you got two or three... (laughs) Quite possibly. Right. And you just, you're just you just kind of linking them together. Like, I could see a serial killer who's killing women of all kinds of hair color. Mm-hmm. But you're picking up on the redheaded ones going, oh, hey, that's similar to these over to here. To these so, other ones. So it has to be this. And right. And that's not always the case, you know? A suspect in the murders was a 32-year-old trucker from Pennsylvania who was brought in for questioning after kidnapping and raping a young woman in Indiana. Is that bad? Yes, Scott, that's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Just asking for a friend. (laughs) Because she had managed to escape. You can't let them escape. He was dismissed as a suspect after being questioned by Tennessee police. In 2017, investigative journalist Shane Waters of Indiana started digging into the mystery of the Redhead murders. He traveled to where six of the victims were found and planted red crosses. In in 2018, he produced a series of podcasts about the murders. He told A&E True Crime, I think the world forgot about these women because they were deemed as throwaways. That happens a lot. It does happen a lot. That's something that's actually really close to my heart is that the way that uh, what we consider throwaway people are treated by not just law enforcement, but... Uh, Society in general. Right, you know, like... Yeah. And I've said a million times, like, when a, when a string of hookers gets killed, yeah, it might make the news, and they might look, unless you're Rochester, New York, because they're... They're always, on it. They're fucking always on They're amazing. But generally, if it's just hookers, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. But if, like, let's say... Let's say any of us got killed. Well, the fucking media's going to be all over that. Right. Because, you know, we're, we're part of mainstream society. And we're white. And we're white. Yeah, you know, but uh, I just—it's just ridiculous that nobody gives a shit about those that that the that society views as lesser. Mm-hmm. You know? I agree. But you know, and I'm guilty of that too because honestly, with our homeless problem, I can care less about the fucking homeless because it's just—I I look at them and they're just fucking up the city, in my opinion. But, I'm uh, gonna have to agree with that. I'm—I'm I'm really tired of that problem here. Oh yeah, man, and, and I. But I it, this... it, it's a. There's a bigger problem. It's just a symptom of a bigger problem. Right, you know. And I was actually I was talking to uh, to John, my the other guitar player in my band, about this just on uh, Thursday or Friday. I think it was Thursday. <laughs> and uh, because he's a mailman, mm-hmm. and uh, he works off the of CMB, and uh, so he, he gets <laughs> encountered them all the time. I bet. And my whole thing is, I understand there's a certain percentage that it's a, it's a mental issue that they have, right? And yeah, it, that I understand. But I think that percentage is fairly low compared to those who just want to panhandle and not really be a part of society. You know what I mean? Right. Like they just want to be scumbags. Well, it's, there's so many of them. I would I would venture to say that 99 percent of them have addiction problems. Oh, totally, totally, totally. Um, I, I told I shared this story here with John. So when I got into trouble and I had to do community service, um, yeah, I had to do it for a year. And you have different what's called crew chiefs and they're probation mm-hmm. officers and what they are. 
And we had one that I thought, this guy was an asshole, man. He took great pride in every time we found a homeless camp or a tent, we break it apart and throw it away. And I thought, God, that's cold, man. We're throwing away this person's all of their belongings. Right. But one day we had a slow day. And we all sat around in the park. He goes, all right, gather around. Most of you think I'm an asshole. And I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Here's the reason why I do this. Guys, I've been doing this for over 30 years. And all these people out here that are homeless, they walk right down to the social services office every month and they get a check. Yeah. And they have access to food because they get all the benefits. They can have housing, but they choose their drugs over over that that housing because you have to be clean to get into housing. Yep. You do. Get the fuck out. That's why I could fucking care less about these people. Yeah. Because every time one of these tents pop up, the crime rate goes through the roof. Oh, yeah. I don't understand also the level of trash that comes with them. Oh, no kidding. Y'all take a trip down Marine Drive. Even down 205. It down, it's everywhere. Go anywhere in this city. <laughs> it's been that way for a while. Like, when yeah. we were still practicing in Oregon City, um, I remember uh, Dave Sheets was with the band for a while. We were heading uh, down. He was driving in front of me by about a mile or so. And he called me up and was you see this shit? I was like, yeah, it's fucking tents and garbage everywhere. Everywhere. Like, holy shit, it's, it's, it's ludicrous, and it happens because it's allowed to happen. That's I agreed, yeah. 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 <laughs> I digress. I'll let you finish. <laughs> uh, students of a surprisingly enterprising sociology class at Elizabethton High School in Tennessee were inspired by the podcast to develop a profile of the killer under the supervision of their teacher. They submitted their findings to an FBI profiler. In 2018, in a press conference with law enforcement, they gave the killer the moniker the Bible Belt Strangler. They described him as a white male uh, born between 1932 and 1962, between 5'8 and 6'2", and 180 to 270 pounds. Okay, that is a huge fucking spread. That's retarded. You might as well uh, say he's either white, black, Mexican, could be Asian. <laughs> um, he either has hair or he's bald. Um, he might have eyes, but we don't know. We're not sure. Uh, he, he was a trucker based out of Knoxville, Tennessee, and frequently traveled I-40. They presume he is still alive and living in eastern Tennessee. And then we have a killer caught. On March 5th, 1985, Linda... Hmm, I'm going to go with... Shake? Shack? I don't know. It's spelled a little differently. I'm going to trust you because you interpret names better than I do. I would say Shack. That's what I thought, yeah. <laughs> Shake Shack. Uh, huh. So she was a restaurant, okay. <laughs> she was a young dancer with red hair, <laughs> so she, she she was she was working at the Shake Shack. Pull me closer, shake <laughs> dancer. She was propositioned by a customer at the Catch One Club where she worked in Knox City, Tennessee. The customer tore a couple hundred dollar bills and told her she would get the other halves after they had sex. Bullshit! You give me the money now. That's what I say. But <laughs> me too. Uh, Every time I gotta go out there and you know sell my ass, you for know, a bit of money. I want it all up front. <laughs> she went uh, with him back to his hotel, where 
uh, he pulled a gun on her, claiming to be a narcotics officer with the Texas Rangers, and abducted her. Holy shit. Yeah. He ripped up her t-shirt, bound her, and drove her to a wooded area near I-40. The knot tied with the scraps of her shirt matched that of the Big Wheel Gap victim. Linda asked the abductor if he was going to kill her, and he responded, yes. Her attacker... He's honest about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why not? I'm going to kill you. You're not going to tell anybody. So he thinks. Her attacker strangled her until she passed out and then dumped her in a storm drain. That's fucked up. She survived, reporting the attack. And her new name is Stormy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Storm Shack. Uh, soon he was identified as... Jerry Leon Johns, a 37-year-old truck driver from Cleveland, Tennessee. Uh, note, Jerry was in jail when Elizabeth Lamott was killed, so he couldn't have, have committed that murder. Uh, Jerry is described as an extremely intelligent ex-con who had taken courses in criminal justice and who was quick to mention his interest and massive knowledge about the psychology of serial killers during her, his first interview. That's us. <laughs> yeah, God, we're in trouble. That Big is trouble. So us. Yeah. We're fucked. We are so fucked. You realize <laughs> that? Here's what's gonna happen. Let me tell y'all what's gonna happen. I'm gonna call this one early. There's gonna be a rash of fucking kids. And they're gonna say, Hey we think this is a pretty big white guy with who's bald, and he, he probably has some uh, knowledge about serial killers, and I'll bet that he even does a podcast, and they're going to hear this bullshit, and they're going to say, oh. It's him. It's him. That's him right there. And then Laura and I are going to have to go down to the cop shop, Yeah, and we're going to have some splaining to do. To do, yeah. <laughs> Look, we just do a podcast about serial killers. We're really not killing anybody. That's just what a serial killer would say yes. both of you. That's what I always say that if they if they checked my <laughs> our search bro- history. Our browser history is what yeah, fuck us over. It's so all good. serial killers and mine is like recipes. I guess so obviously I'm a, I'm a cannibal. Got, <laughs> oh, you got serial killer and cannibal. I got serial killer and porn. Yeah. So they're like, he's raping them and You're supposed them. to use the uh, incognito he's, tab for that. He's, <laughs> he's giving, he's giving uh, all, all these victims his special sauce. And yeah. then Laura cooked them. It was a feast made for a king. <laughs> oh, God. Terrible. Knox County Detective Larry Johnson commented just days after his arrest, serial killer was about the third thing that came out of his mouth. So he did like to talk about that. From his jail cell, Jerry spoke to a reporter from the News Sentinel and stated, Apparently I fit the mold of what they were looking for. You can't blame them. They've got a lot of unsolved cases all over the country. But they can try all they want. It won't work. I didn't do it. That's what, That's they what all we said too. We said the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry Johns was convicted in 1987 of aggravated kidnapping and assault with intent to commit murder. Sheriff David Davenport, who interviewed Jerry Johns, recalls how. He was very cocky and wouldn't admit to anything. Anytime we'd get into the motive or the why you why did you do what you did, he wouldn't answer. Well, sometimes the best thing you can say in your defense is nothing. Nothing. At all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the more you try and explain that you're not crazy, the crazier you look. Exactly. They're looking at you. That's just what a crazy serial would, say. would say. Yeah. 
So you're 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 looking pretty fucking suspicious <laughs> right now. And being in Vancouver, I'm the suspect, so I'm definitely going to prison. <laughs> he believed his criminal justice courses made him a law expert. Therefore, he could fill out his own legal papers. <laughs> okay, this guy here is mentally retarded. That's yeah. I feel bad for him. He's a retard. He wrote motion after motion when Linda sued him for damages, and he, he sued her back. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Wow. This yeah. guy's a peach. He died in 2015, still professing his innocence. Well, thank God, man. He took the stu- his stupidity with him. To so. the grave, yeah. yeah. So there's something good. The, uh, Tina Farmer had one daughter before her disappearance. In 2019, DNA evidence identified her killer as Jerry Leon Jones. Jerry matches the profile built by the Elizabethton High School students. So they were onto something. It was broad, but... It was, he, he was broads killing broads, too. yeah. No, I, I totally get where he's coming from. I like broads, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like uh, back here in New York, we don't kill the broads so much here in the Bronx. Um, yeah. But apparently this guy here is an asshole, and he likes to kill the broads. <laughs> what a dick. I, I'm actually glad. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm definitely glad. Hey, John, John, you hear about this asshole? <laughs> yeah, he's killing broads. Like red-headed broads, man. That's a waste of good pussy right there. That's what that is right there. All right, continue on. I'm, I'm, I'm deeply saddened that this oh. asshole died. Special Agent Brandon Elkins said, Police did all they could do then, but the top-notch technology basically was blood typing, which only provides a circumstantial pattern at best. We were able to resubmit evidence using techniques we currently use, and we were able to obtain DNA evidence that ultimately led to solving the case. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation is working to see if they can link Jerry to the murders, uh, to, to any more of the murders. Special Agent Elkins also stated, could he be involved in other cases? I think it's possible. And he was a truck driver too, right? Yes. See, uh, there's just one more reason you're going to get in trouble. Being a truck driver (laughs) makes it perfect to be a serial killer because you're, you're always mobile. Yep. You know, well, it, it, let me take that back. It was until they started using GPS in every truck. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, like my truck, when, when I'm at the trucking gig, they, they know exactly where I'm at. And there's cameras mm-hmm. in the truck and that part forward and point towards me. So, but prior to that, being a truck driver, perfect cover, man. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Uh... Are we going to get there? I don't know, but we're not going to stop trying to connect anything that we can connect. And remember, don't stop believing. (laughs) In December 2019, a grand jury declared Jerry Jones would have been indicted if he was still alive. This gave some sense of closure to the family, uh, but as he was dead, Tina's killer would never answer for his crime. There is hope with the advancement of forensic technology, the determination of local branches of the FBI, and renewed interest by younger generations that both the victims and the killer will be identified. The question is if there is still evidence to be examined after almost, uh, you know, some of the cases are almost 40 years old. So, Jerry Johns was certainly guilty of Tina Farmer's death along with the attack of Linda on Linda, Sh- on Linda Shack, Jesus. Do you believe he was responsible for the death of the young girl found at Big Wheel Gap? I think it's possible, man, because being a truck driver, 
given his modus operandi, mm-hmm. I think that it's, that's definitely a possibility. I know? think so. But I also still am going to stick with that. I think that there's several serial killers working the same area. Same area, the same yeah. Or a similar MO as what this pecker had had. And then, I mean, I think he probably committed some of the other redheaded murders. Oh, definitely, definitely. If any of our listeners out there have any information about the unidentified victims or their killer, please contact the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation at 1-800-824-3463. Any any little information helps. And that's the end. Oh, okay. You just got really, really quiet. Yeah. All righty, let's do our rigmarole so we can get on to the one that I've been waiting for. Is <laughs> <laughs> that Catherine Knight? Goddamn! Yeah, that's a. I'm surprised they didn't marry her. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> amazing. Well, you weren't in Australia, so that's true. If she was here, I probably would have married her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, remember you can send us an email at brutalnation twistedbluellc.com. Check out the website www.twistedbluellc.com. Check us out on Medium and Crime Beat on Medium. Just put it wherever you get your blogs. Just put in at Brutal Nation. Get the full story without any of my bullshit. Let's see if you listen on Spotify. Remember that we got uh, some quizzes that uh, that we have up on there and some questions. Let's interact. Let's let's talk about this shit. You know, and if you feel that you uh, can spare a little bit to buy us at least a cup of coffee, feel free to donate because that <laughs> helps out a lot. We go through a shit ton of fucking stuff to keep us awake. Awake, <laughs> yes. Because this, you know, I don't think people realize how how much goes in to each episode. There's hours and hours yes. and hours, if not days of, of research, research. Yeah. that go into it. All right. Let's see. I think that's about it right there. This show's copyright 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC, and we will see you tomorrow for the continuance of Catherine Knight. Yeah, I'm so stoked. <laughs> like, seriously, I'm reading about her. I can almost masturbate to her. That's fucking hot. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. uh, you all guys right. take care. We'll talk to you all <laughs> later. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>